In the last two decades, over 7,000 American soldiers have lost their lives on the battlefield. Yet in that same time period, we've lost over 100,000 to veteran suicide. And hundreds of thousands more of our brave warriors and their families continue to suffer every single day from the mental scars of war, otherwise known as combat-related post-traumatic stress or combat PTSD. Enough is enough. We're doing something about it. Our 501c3 nonprofit, Operation Save Our Soldiers, is helping to change the lives of our brave men and women struggling with combat PTSD with our direct sponsorship of an exclusive warrior retreat and a revolutionary new therapy that's literally putting an end to their symptoms and suffering in as little as just one two-hour session without drugs or the old-school talk therapy pushed by the VA. The results are instant and permanent, but we need your help. Soldiers pay nothing for the solutions they receive at these warrior retreats, which means from time to time we have to ask for assistance to help sponsor their traveling attendance. With as little as just a $5 donation right now, you can help change the life of one of our brave soldiers and help them finally win the battle against combat PTSD once and for all. 100% of your tax-deductible donation goes straight to sponsoring a veteran's attendance, so you'll know your gift will directly impact their life and get them the help that they need. Many talk about supporting our troops. Today I'm asking you to do something about it. Please help sponsor a soldier today by going to www.operationsaveoursoldiers.org. Hello, Warriors, and welcome to Warrior Life Podcast number 398. I am your host, Buck Green, in for Jeff Anderson this week. And this week, I'm helming the podcast because I want to talk to you about a little misadventure I had over the weekend in which I was almost mugged. And the simple steps that I used to avoid being mugged, which are called managing unknown contacts, were taught to me by a couple of people who we've actually interviewed here before at Warrior Life. Uh, you, too, can use these steps to avoid being mugged, and it's actually pretty Pretty simple, but be warned, not everybody's uh, scenario will work out as well as mine did. All right, are you ready? Then let's talk managing unknown contacts. Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. Welcome to the show that helps you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is the Warrior Life Podcast. All right, we're back. This is Buck Green in for Jeff Anderson. Uh, last week, I was almost mugged. Now, it's sad to say that this is not a very unusual story. It happens to lots of people. Lots of people are going to come up to you and approach you and uh, otherwise try to make contact with you. I've taken several classes that dealt with this topic specifically. Some of them were, were with Chris Fry of MDTS. Some of them were with uh, uh, Craig Douglas of ShivWorks. I've had other classes and taken other martial arts that dealt with this this topic. The idea that someone is coming up to you, someone is approaching you and sort of uh, violating the bubble of your personal space, and you must now deal with them. Um, I used to go downtown in my city all the time, and it seems like every time I went downtown, I had another con artist story to add to my repertoire. Uh, people let's call them street people, for lack of a better word, anybody that you meet on the street. It could be just some guy, it could be a predator, it could be a criminal, it could be a homeless guy, it could be a panhandler, some mixture of the above. Street people have certain traits in common. 
they will approach you with a very elaborate story. That elaborate story has more detail than it needs, and the more elaborate the story, the more likely it is to be false. And as they tell you their elaborately false story, they're going to end that with a request for a very specific amount of money, and that specific amount of money solves the imaginary problem they've just described to you. That's the script that they have. This almost always starts with, excuse me, sir. So if you're out in public and some stranger approaches you with, excuse me, sir, excuse me, sir, you know you're about to hear a very elaborate story that ends with a very specific request for a very specific amount of money. And I've had this, this has happened to me countless times. Uh, I remember one guy who gave me this whole long song and dance uh, about the bus ticket money he needed to get a bus to go to such and such location. Very, very, very long story. And when I mentioned it to someone who was, you know, working in that area, she said to me, yeah, he's been trying to get on that bus for about two years now. So, you know, the, you can you can almost always count on the story being false. Sometimes people will come up to you and ask you for the time. Sometimes people will come up to you and ask you for a light. Most of the time, those people just want to know what time it is or they want a light. Uh, but those are even more direct preludes to close distance with you and distract you. The idea is to get you talking, and because when you're talking, you're not thinking about any physical threat that this person might or might not present. And there's a famous story that became uh, an REM song. Um, I don't the song that includes the line "What's the frequency, Kenneth?" That's a reference to uh, a mugging that happened in the 1980s. Uh, Dan Rather, the, the famous anchorman, was walking down the street, and a couple of guys came up to him, and one of them said something like, Kenneth, what's the frequency? And while his brain was trying to process that and come up with an answer, uh, they hit him. The, the idea is to get the dialogue center of your brain going. If you're thinking about what you're going to say, if you're thinking about a response, if you're negotiating or arguing with someone, or even if you're insulted and you rise to the bait and you get angry, all of those things get the dialogue center of your brain going so that you will not think about the fact that this person approaching you, who probably means you harm and at the very least just wants money out of you, um, you're not thinking about what he's doing. And so you're distracted. And that distraction creates an opening. This is why it's necessary to manage unknown contacts. And that phrase, I think, was used specifically by Craig Douglas in, the, in the, one of the classes that I took with him, multiple classes that I took with him. Um, and what that refers to is, Someone's approaching, they are potentially a threat, I now must deal with that threat. And that's exactly what happened to me. Um, and because I've had all of this training, I didn't have to think about how to respond. It was already ingrained. It was already, you know, and I'm not saying this was some harrowing, you know, dodging bullets like, like uh, Neo in the Matrix kind of situation. I'm saying that a potentially dangerous thing happened, and because I had the script in my head of what to do, I was able to break my would-be attacker out of his script. And do I know for a fact that this man wanted to attack me? I don't know that for a fact, because he didn't attack me, but his behavior after I broke him out of his script really kind of hammers home that, yes, he probably was a dangerous individual, if not the bravest guy in the world. So I will explain. So uh, Saturday night, I go to a bookstore with my girlfriend. A perfectly, you know, normal activity for a, a couple on a Saturday night. It was not terribly late. We walked into that bookstore a little before 8 o'clock at night, and I think it was about 8.30 when we walked out of there. And you're thinking, you know, this is a suburban bookstore. It's not anywhere dangerous. The city I live in, there's a giant shopping mall that has become... 
uh, sort of a hub of crime. And it's because that's where the people are. That's where the majority of the commerce is. Crime goes where people go. So it's not anything about the mall that makes it dangerous. It's just that that's where the greatest density of people and human activity happen to be. So this bookstore is across town from there in a suburban area. You don't walk there. This is not an area you walk to. You have to drive there to get there. So I remember as we were getting ready to go out that night, um, I thought to my, I, I put on one of my pocket knives and, and, and my girlfriend actually saw me do it. And she's like, you're gearing up. It, it's, it's not that bad out there, is it? I mean, we're just going to the bookstore. And I remember saying to her, well, it's nighttime. So and boy, I, I never expected to have trouble. And yet we did. So we walk out of the bookstore and we're putting our stuff in the car and I'm, you know, I'm not going to say that I had my head on a swivel and I was in condition yellow when I was monitoring my, my surroundings. No, I was just putting our stuff in the car. I was dimly aware of the people around us, but I wasn't really thinking about it. It's a big parking lot, nice big space between the aisles. It's not very crowded. And I hear, excuse me, sir. Excuse me, sir. And I'm like, oh, here we go. <laughs> and the, the lever in my brain switches to, oh, you're, you're getting conned now because I've heard it before. It's happened before. So I, I, I turn and I look where we're behind the car, you know, I'm closing the trunk of the car and the guy is walking from across the sort of the aisle between one row of cars and another. And he's giving me the excuse me, sir, dance. And so I know that I'm about to get conned, but it's also dark. I don't know this guy. I don't want him coming up to us, especially post pandemic to close distance with people you don't know and want to have close interactions with them already feels a little rude. <laughs> You know, like, dude, I don't know if I want to risk breathing the air with a stranger. Um, but as he's approaching, you know, he's a, he's a very tall dude. And I got just something about him I just didn't like right off the bat. So I said, no, thank you. Stop. Back up. And I, I don't know how many times I said back up. But he actually stopped and said, what? And I said, back up. And, and it was something about the instant way he became hostile when I broke him out of his script told me, okay, you're going to need to be forceful about this. Now, there is a possibility that he was just offended that I stopped him from talking to me. And that's always a possibility, especially because he was black and I am white. It's possible that he was offended and thought it was a race thing. Um, you know, he could have been purple and I still would have told him the same thing because I don't want this guy approaching me. But I told him, stop, back up. And he, he suddenly, something in his brain switched and he kept approaching <laughs> So in the steps of managing unknown context, the first thing you do is you say, you know, stop, no, back up. You can get more elaborate. You can say, hey, don't get close to me. I have the flu. Hey, buddy, don't get any more, you know, don't, don't approach. You can give a reason if you want. You don't have to. I usually don't worry about giving one. I'm just like, no, stop, back up. And yes, you do run the risk of making that person angry or offended, but, um, you know, too bad. <laughs> Self-defense sometimes involves making people feel bad because you were rude to them, but I'd rather be rude than attacked. So he, he started immediately to shout threats at us as he was closing distance. So 
I put my hand where my knife was. I didn't actually have to deploy it or, or show it, and that's good because that's potentially brandishing or menacing. It's potentially a crime to show a weapon if you don't end up needing it or using it. And I, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not here to get into a legal conversation about that. Just be aware, if a weapon comes out, even just a, a utility pocket knife that you're using as a weapon, you're potentially going to get in trouble. So it's better for everyone that it not come out. But I put my hand where my knife was. Something about that, I don't know if he noticed that or not, but something about my telling him to back up and continuing to be more forceful about it caused him to stop getting closer, which is good. And the the way they teach you the steps is you say stop, you say back up, you get louder as you keep saying back up and you get more forceful. And at some point, if you have to, you have to be prepared to start dropping F-bombs. And the reason you get louder and the reason you start using F-bombs, instead of saying back up, you say back the F up, back the F up. And obviously you would swear, but I'm trying to keep this a little family friendly. You're not doing that to be a tough guy. You're doing that because some street people do not hear anything unless there's profanity mixed in with it. Uh, back up is a good command. It has good hard consonants in it. It lends itself well to being stated, then shouted, then, you know, mixing in with profanity. Uh, you know, just, just like don't move is a good hard consonant phrase. We're not going to use that one here, but back up is a good one because it's unambiguous and it tells them what you want and you can make it louder and make it more forceful. So you're, you're ramping up the volume, you're telling him to back up, you've got your hands up now, you put your hands up, you're making physical space and you're also creating a barrier and guarding your body. Well, while I'm doing this, he's shouting threats. The guy actually yelled his address at me. I don't know if it actually was his address or just some address. I, I think the idea was uh, if I can use my street tough guy to middle-aged balding uh, dude who works for warrior life dictionary i i think i think by saying well i live at 221 something street i i think i'm supposed to make an appointment to fight him later maybe because he was very angry when I, when you break somebody out of their script they have an idea in their head of what they're going to do they're going to give you their song and dance and hopefully get some money out of you and in this guy's case i think he was going to close distance with me to tell me this story see if i had any money and then take it by force if i did um i think that was the plan because he instantly got really really hostile and started shouting threats and insults and while he's doing that uh he starts to circle us no while you're ramping up your your volume, back up, back up, back the F up, and, and while you are, you've got your hands up, you're making space, the whole time you're doing all that to sort of assert your boundaries, according to the steps of managing unknown contacts, you are also supposed to be positioning yourself defensively. So in my case, I put my girlfriend in the car and I circle around the car in a way that puts the car between me and him. That's using natural obstacles to your advantage. If you don't have an obstacle to use, you just use distance. You make sure to put some distance between you and him because if he's too far away to touch you, that's good. Now, that doesn't mean he can't lunge at you, and, and that's a possibility, but for the most part, you are uh, following along with the steps. And this, this script was in my head. I, I already knew what to do because I've been taught what to do. You get the, excuse me, sir, excuse me, sir, Immediately, my brain goes to, no, stop, no, thank you, back up. He gets mad. He starts shouting threats. He shouts his address at me. And the, the, the threats and the insults get worse. That's either because he's angry or, and this is my belief, 
It's because he's hoping that he can re-engage and close again with me by insulting me and making me mad. Because if I get angry and I rise to the bait and I interact with him on that grounds, then he has an opening to distract me and getting close to me and attack me again. So he's, he's almost jumping up and down, almost waving his arms, and he's throwing just the worst insults and there was probably racial stuff in there. I can't tell you what he said because I wasn't listening. And by that I mean I just start hearing the the teacher in the Charlie Brown specials. Wah, 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 wah. And this is another trick they taught us in those classes on managing unknown contacts. You, they just start making noise, but again, like Dan Rather getting mugged when someone shouts a weird question at him, you don't want to let them engage the dialogue center of your brain. You don't want to rise to the insult. You don't want to engage or negotiate or threaten or anything. Remember, too, there are witnesses. There were people around in this parking lot. In today's world, there are always witnesses you don't see. Cameras, people with phones, surveillance cameras. There could be witnesses who are watching. You have no idea that they're there. Always conduct yourself as if you are being watched, because you probably are in today's world. And you, the last thing you want to do is come across as the aggressor. You want to make sure that you look like the person who is being attacked and being threatened, not the person who is doing the threatening. So even if you're shouting profanity, back the F up, back the F up, you do not want to start shouting threats or ultimatums, and you definitely don't want to paint yourself into a corner. For example, you don't tell him what you'll do. You don't say, back up or I'll cut you, because you've just created a situation where you're making threats, and if you don't follow through, you might even sort of hurt your short-term credibility. If you say, if you don't back up, I'm going to take you out, and then he keeps approaching, well, you've just put yourself in a situation where you're kind of obligated to attack, and when you don't, he now knows that you're the sort of person who makes empty threats. So don't do anything like that. Don't negotiate. Don't argue. Don't get into a back and forth with him. I don't know if you've ever seen two people argue on the street. It is the dumbest thing ever. I was um, I was driving into the parking lot of a grocery store once. I had my window down, and I was driving a Jeep that had no working horn. So when a guy almost backed into me, I didn't have any choice. I just shouted out my open window. And he got mad, and he's like, F you! And that made me mad, so I said, no, F you. And we went back and forth like that a couple times until he finally drove away. And I noticed an old lady who's been watching us the whole time, and I looked at her, and she looked at me, and I said, this edition of Shakespeare in the Park brought to you by the letter F. I know that sounds like stairwell logic, something you wish you had said, but I actually said that because I was embarrassed, and I felt stupid. So she laughed, and I laughed, and I forgot all about it except for telling you this story. But my point is, don't argue with people especially street people, it's just going to be a dumb repeating of the same phrase over and over again. A lot of these people like to repeat the same thing, like some kind of weird robot, and there's no point. You are never going to negotiate with them. You are never going to get them to see reason, and you definitely don't want to make threats that could make you look like the aggressor, because if this does come to force, everything you do will be analyzed by courts and by the police. If you did anything that makes it look like you escalated the situation, then you could get in serious trouble. So, following our steps, we notice the threat. Stop, no, no thank you, back up. You get louder. You put your hands up. If he continues to approach, you start using profanity. You make it very clear. The whole time, you're moving and positioning yourself defensively while you're trying to ward him off with words and make your physical boundary with your hands and you're creating that, that guard with your arms so that you're protecting yourself. 
this whole time you are preparing to deploy a weapon if you're carrying one and you're legally and morally justified to use that weapon if you're unarmed you are preparing to use physical force because if a human being continues to close space with you while you're warning them off this way while you're telling them stop don't back up that's not normal you know about the time you're shouting back the f up to someone and they continue to get close to you they mean you harm so about the time he gets close enough for you to hit him preemptively you are this is a generalization and your situation will vary but in my situation had he continued to get closer to me i would have been justified to use a preemptive strike uh preemptive self-defense that's that it's a little dicey when you use preemptive force because you've really got to be able to justify it but he was shouting threats and closing space with me even though i was doing nothing but telling him to back up so i believe i would have been on solid legal ground had I had to strike him preemptively. What I was going to do if I had to strike him preemptively, um, I was not, I had my hand near my knife, but I was not certain we were in drawy knife territory yet. So my first move was going to be a, a fight move that Jeff has actually talked about multiple times here at Warrior Life. I was going to use a palm strike up under his chin uh, that comes up from under the eye line and takes somebody by surprise. It's a great move. It's very effective. It snaps their head back and gives you a chance to do something more. That's what I had planned to do. I know some people will say, don't plan to use any specific move or you'll lock yourself in. Well, in this case, I knew exactly what was happening and that was going to be my go-to. So, all right, he's, he's jumping up and down and waving his arms and trying desperately to get me to fight him, to get me to engage with him. But it occurred to me, like, that's all he was doing. I think because he realized maybe my victim selection grid has failed me. You know, he picked the one guy in that parking lot who had multiple classes on how to deal with this situation. So I simply got in my car. Now, when I went to leave, I had two choices. I could back out and give him a clear shot at the side of the car if he, I don't know, had a gun or wanted to pick up a rock or something. So instead, I pulled forward in a way that put another car between us, put that car between my car and him. As we were driving out of that parking lot, he was still shouting threats and waving his arms and just acting like a lunatic. That, to me, tells me that I made the right call right from the jump. Because that's not normal human behavior. That's the behavior of somebody who's very unpredictable and potentially dangerous. I do believe he genuinely meant to mug us. And when I threw him off his game by spotting him and telling him, no, stop, back up, that that made him angry and he tried to re-engage. Like, he, he dropped down to tier two in his script and said, okay, now i got to get him to fight me by insulting him. What were the insults? I don't know. All I heard was wah, 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 wah. I just knew that that's what was going on, that he was threatening, that he was shouting angrily, that he was waving his arms. First time I've ever had anyone shout their supposed address at me. It probably wasn't the real address. Uh, a friend of mine was like, well, what was the address? I said, I don't know, and I don't remember. I just know that it happened. I, I My brain was not really processing the things he was saying because I wasn't going to let him engage the dialogue center of, of my, my thinking meat, so to speak. Uh, so that he could distract me. Um, a lot of this involves suppressing your ego. This is not a duel. You're not here to win. Winning in this context is simply getting out of there and going away. Me and my girlfriend went away. We had a story to tell. None of us were hurt. No legal people got involved. That's success. But it isn't winning a fight. It isn't dominating the other guy. And if you let your ego get away with you, you could get mad that he dared to insult you or whatever it was he was shouting. That's why you don't even really listen to it. It's just wah, 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 wah. You don't process it. Because if you process it, you'll be tempted to engage with it. You, you have to remember that 
the goal is to preempt the threat, avoid the threat, or if you have to, neutralize the threat with just enough force to get that job done. There will be witnesses and you must conduct yourself in a way that makes you look like the defender, makes you look like the good guy, because you are the good guy. And honestly, when this was all over, I looked back on it and I was a little uh, upset that this happened in the parking lot of a suburban bookstore where I used to think it felt safe. Now, I, I mean, yes, intellectually, especially working this job for Warrior Life, I know that these things can happen anywhere at any time. The fact that it happened in a place that I personally considered pretty safe was still annoying to me. It was like, darn it, <laughs> every place. And I knew that intellectually, but there's a difference between intellectually understanding it and emotionally coming to grips with it, you know. So I, uh, I really don't, I, I, I don't think this could have gone any better, uh, you know, even if you told me, rewrite this script, like, this is how it works. And this is how managing unknown contacts works. Somebody approaches you, you tell them stop, you tell them back up, you make space, you ramp up your volume, you ramp up the profanity if you have to, if they're not listening, you position yourself defensively. Uh, and then if you have to, if he continues approaching, you get ready to use preemptive force uh, while conducting yourself in a way that makes you look like the defender, not an attacker, not an aggressor. And you escape. You escape whether you can do so without using force or if you have to use force and then escape. Fortunately for us, we were immediately driving to another location to do some more shopping that was far away from there. So that was good because it took us well out of the zone of where this guy could be any kind of problem for us. And I, I'm not going to say that I didn't watch my rearview mirror to make sure that this guy didn't jump into a car and come after us because now he's angry that I backed him down. But uh, overall, it really went well. And, <laughs> you know, when you're dating someone and you defend them successfully from some sort of, you know, marauder, <laughs> it doesn't hurt your relationship at all for the person you're dating to see you successfully defend them. So, you know, I, I came away feeling pretty good about this. And then I had people calling me like, hey, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. But that's because I was taught the steps for how to deal with this. He had a script in his head. I was given a counter script and that counter script really served me well. So I have put in the cheat sheet for this podcast, I put the notes for how to use these steps so that you can keep them clear in your mind, so that it's sort of semi-separated from the story I've just told, so that you can follow those steps yourself. You can download those from the, the Loot Locker and Warrior Life Academy. But uh, overall, just remember this basic concept and remember how to conduct yourself if someone approaches you on the street because it's almost always going to be the same. Unfortunately, I cannot promise you that it's always going to work out so nice and clean for you because it, it could easily have become a fight. It could easily have become him continuing to press and, and close distance because he wanted to attack and then now we're fighting. So uh, fortunately, none of that happened. Everybody went home fine, and I had a cool story to tell for the rest of the weekend. But it could easily have been a not cool story. It could easily have been me getting hurt or, you know, you fight anybody and there's blood involved and, you know, that's gross and, and medically potentially very dangerous for you. Uh, the police could get involved and suddenly now I've got legal issues. You know, there's a lot of ways this could have gone wrong. Fortunately, everything went right, and it's all thanks to the people who taught me how to manage unknown contacts. All right, that's going to about do it for this week's episode. I have been Buck Green, in for Jeff Anderson. Until next time, prepare, train, and survive. 
you've been listening to the Warrior Life Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us spread the mission of self-reliance and self-protection when you rate us. And leave us a comment wherever you enjoy these podcasts. And don't forget to check out our posts and videos on our social media channels. You'll see a full directory when you visit our website at www.warriorlife.com. We'll see you next time. This has been the Warrior Life Podcast. Prepare. Train. Survive.